0: Hear how one woman's vision and her tiny living room, far from Nashville's Music Row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest.
2: Pushkin. Alexander O'Connor wasn't expecting the music-sharing platform SoundCloud to change his life. The 18-year-old British musician was just uploading songs for fun. But then people started taking notice of him and his musical persona, Rex Orange County. These early recordings started racking up hundreds of thousands of plays pretty quickly. And one of those people listening was Tyler, the creator, who he just featured on the podcast a couple of episodes ago. Tyler liked what he heard from Rex OC so much that he wound up flying him out to LA to work on one of his albums, Flower Boy. And that's not Rex's only famous collaborator, Randy Newman, the legendary singer-songwriter duetted with Rex on his Toy Story classic, You've Got a Friend in Me. After all of that, Alex, a.k.a. Rex, is still only 21 years old, and he's hit another major milestone. He's just released his major label debut, Pony. Rex sat over the summer with Rick Rubin to preview some of the album for him and to talk through the tracks. He discusses why he's collaborating less and less with other artists these days and how that's helped him find his voice for his new project, which he wrote, recorded, and played almost entirely by himself. This is Broken Record Season 3, Liner Notes for the Digital Age. I'm Justin Richmond.
0: Just a quick note here. You can listen to all of the music mentioned in this episode on our playlist, which you can find a link to in the show notes. For licensing reasons, each time a song is referenced in this episode, you'll hear this
2: sound effect. Let's listen in now on Rick's conversation with Rex Orange
3: County. Hello, testing one, two, three. One, two, three testing. Is it good? Yay. Yay. We can talk. Let's (laughs) let's talk. Okay. So since I saw you last... (laughs) Mm -hmm. where have you been what have you been up to um since
4: i saw you last i've been i've been mainly at home in london and i haven't i haven't gone away too much i haven't actually been in america too much or anywhere else i've kind of just spent a lot of time in my own space and and with with the people who i made the first music ever with and kind of just like gotten back to how it was um how it always worked best after trying a few things but it was probably like a, a period of time after we first met where i was trying working with other people and certain things worked and a lot of things didn't mm-hmm. it's very difficult to let people in i find mm. on the whole when you when you have a lot of control already but mm. um i spent a lot of time at home yeah writing and fig-
3: finishing figuring out uh this next album yeah it's it's uh it's great that you gave yourself the Time and experience of trying those different things to see what works and what doesn't. Because some people, once things get rolling, kind of get on a track of starting a project, mm-hmm. and then sometimes going not, maybe not the best direction, and don't really stop and think. You know, don't pull back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's great that you got to do all that and see. Hmm, this works. This doesn't work. And absolutely, no. I'm so grateful I did
4: because it's. I'd hate the last thing I want is to feel as if i feel as if i've settled for something that isn't maybe right and and you do have to, to to try those things more importantly to know that they're not right maybe than that they were we yes. got a song for the album that's pretty good and it's with a cool person or whatever but it's if it's more valuable maybe to go try that thing and realize that it didn't work and absolutely
3: come back home and, and not work with those people anymore for sure i like to think that there are no um there are no failed experiments you, you know, know it's right. like every experiment we learn from and we see what works and what doesn't and it's really helpful in finding our direction, and it's impossible to know in advance. You know, no, until you do it, it's impossible. Of course, I'm, I, I agree totally. I'm really anxious to hear. It <laughs> of and course,
4: maybe we should hear. It. Looking forward to listening. Okay, great. All right, it's um, and it's mainly mainly me, and there's no other sort of like listed features actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only other voice on there is my girlfriend, mm-hmm. and one of the only other instrumentalists, other than the producer, is Pino. Playing bass, yeah. which was amazing, but there's—I don't, I don't want to give too much context, okay. but that's generally like that's. Okay. Hopefully, that makes some sense.
3: Let me just make sure. Let's actually stop and talk about it a little bit. Thanks. <laughs> it, it's completely not what I was expecting at all. No. Much more upbeat. Much more. I'll use the word poppy mo- m- in a melodic way. Sure. Whereas I feel like your um, your the other music of yours that I've heard before was more more about the style and less about the melody yeah and now it's really has a different energy but it still has the vibes of the original uh or I'll call it it's not moodiness but uh emotion of the original sure. style sure but in in a completely different context and it's really surprising and refreshing
4: I'm so glad you reacted that way I, yeah.
3: I, I'm definitely I definitely feel as if
4: it uh it it was melody dri- it, like the the song was not lyrically developed at all right at the beginning and it, and it existed for a week or so as just the the melody and the structure and the chords existing as a as a thing before the lyrics actually yes. and so it kind of just like i that was already very much so solid and i've been listening to that voice memo of me just like uh, mumbling it over and over and stuff and it's kind of like I, it was way more based within the just the song and the melody. Actually, I think primarily, and it wasn't necessarily
3: about what I had to say yeah. first off. So I think that I'm glad that came through. I also really love there's there's a part towards the beginning of the song when the beat drops out and the uh, the the sound of the vocal really changes. Yeah, it's subtle, but when it changes, it gets much more intimate, mm-hmm. and it's a bu- it's a beautiful moment. Yeah, it's really like tasteful productions so. yes sir thank <laughs> you that's me and my, my good friend ben Baptie as well it's just me
4: and him in a room he he mixed my last album he mixed this one too but he he became pretty much my uh my rock of just like my my co-producer my partner along the whole way and he did a lot of sonically that and it taught me a lot actually sonically it just explained why things he felt like things sounded better like this or didn't sound as good like this and yeah. and actually informed me a lot on that kind of stuff as well and, I'm, I'm, and now it allows me to go and be like oh I think the second verse should be really up close so yes. that the vocal comes up and it becomes more intimate and you can yes. talk about it on just a feeling level but he can just
3: uh, achieve that it feels really fresh thank you I'll play this next one no, let me just ask can you, can you guys send in a pad and a pen? thanks Okay. this next
2: one is the one you know, ah.
3: felt like he
2: deserved to be on it When we come back, Rex will break down face-to-face the new track we just heard.
1: Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. The most innovative companies are going further with
0: T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G connected cameras. Audible invites you to enter the Boar's Nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of Outlaw Country Music. Listen now at audible.com slash Boar's nest.
2: We're back with Rex and Rick talking about the song Face to Face. So how did that one come about? That one was actually the, the first thing I made on my
4: laptop after my last album Mm -hmm. and it was the part just the keys part that is just like the sine waves doing the really simple two chord part and it actually existed on my laptop for a long time before i figured out what i wanted to say on it or figured out where i wanted to take it musically it was always just this thing between two chords and had a a few synth lines on top of each other and and uh, just a few bits of it really and and what happened was over time it's kind of about it's the song itself is about feeling like you want to be back home with the person you actually want to be with and missing the person you love and feeling like you're stuck in some kind of situation elsewhere geographically and literally that thing where you're somewhere else where you don't really want to be with people who you don't really want to be with and you and it's literally i had to get i had to have that situation which was um bigger than just that one day of like feeling that thing and having phone calls where we we both wake up we're both on the phone with each other but she's in bed we're both in bed but she is the morning for her and it's i'm about to go to sleep or whatever it's really surreal when you're just like really angry but really uh, really missing someone at the same time and feeling emotional and 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 i had to have that before i actually wrote the whole song in one go lyrically one of the only times that really happened and ended up fitting it to the original project that was not meant to be. It was the original uh, instrumental was just for, for whatever I was going to write over it, but obviously it kept its
3: place. And But when you wrote the words, did you write the words with the chords in mind, or did you write write it more like a poem and then realize that they worked over the chords? The latter. I, I wrote them as a... So you wrote the, ver- the verse free. Yeah. And then found that it worked over this music.
4: Yeah, I imagined it to be some kind of disco-ish sort of 120 110 tempo of just four to the floor and i could imagine it but i didn't i didn't hear those chords necessarily and i just fit them i I, I, yeah pretty much what you just said they had the lyrics and then fit those to everything else
3: interesting and when did
4: the beat come the beat was actually in the original logic file
3: which was just some logic drums that uh would just put in on the keyboard it, it sounded like, like right. I like I could imagine the beat being there from the beginning, but I, I it can sound like that, but it doesn't mean sure, that's sure. what that happened. But yeah, it yeah. sounded like that, so I was curious.
4: Yeah. No, that was that was always there from the beginning, but never it was never meant to come in until
3: it was always meant to come in where it came in. Yes. Yeah. But it's still I feel like that beats implied through the whole thing. You know, yeah. like I, I feel that energy. Mm-hmm. When the beat comes in, it doesn't feel like Yes, it feels, like, dramatic because it's a beat, but but I feel like we're already in that rhythm yeah. clearly. you're prepared for yeah, it. Yeah, 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 sure. absolutely. That's great. So, the musically, it didn't change much from the original idea. Not a lot. There was a, Well, there was
4: a lot of uh, chipping away at adding things that we felt, like, within the studio, having, like, different, you know, the Mellotron in the bridge and uh the idea of having the strings there or not and like there were things that were conversations that me and Ben had for a long time and but actually on the whole yeah pretty much came in in a certain way and and was done over two or three days first time got got it to a certain point where it pretty much sounded like a rough version of this pretty much but then there was a lot of details that we wanted to go into over time and changing certain bits and It's kind of hard to remember in a way. It's almost like it's a blur of like it was always I could from the day that I figured out that poem would work over this thing. It's kind of just since then. It's like, well, I I mean, I just put it there and did my best
3: and he did his best. And that was it's hard to really explain. Completely understood. I I understand that in the um, in that moment of the burst of creativity of like discovery, Mm -hmm. a lot of things happen very quickly yeah. And sometimes I know in my experiences. Sometimes I'll hear something after we've recorded it, and I don't even remember that it happened because yeah. it's you're kind of in this zone where <laughs> things are just happening, mm-hmm. and then afterwards you look back, it's like wow, that's incredible. Yeah, like I know I was involved, but I don't really remember how that happened. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, very is. exciting. It's a thrilling feeling. It's it like is. almost being in an altered state. Yeah. Yeah. You're like yeah. Do you do you feel that way? Yeah, often. (laughs) No, often it happens. It's uh, it's uh, I feel like a lot of the time in the studio we're waiting for that to happen. Mm -hmm. I I don't think about it as waiting, but there's a lot of times when sort of we know that there's something that needs to happen. We're just kind of waiting until the stars align and then all of a sudden it starts happening Mm -hmm. and then you it sort of feels almost out of control that it just this momentum starts. I always, when it, when I realize it's happening, I always try to relax and just think, okay. I just hope that it goes as long as it can go. Yeah, just yeah. like stay out of the way of this momentum that's arrived. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Within the air, definitely.
4: I have that. I've had that a few times, but it's, it's you. Would, I think you. I always had an intention, but you never. It's hard to explain the process. But in the middle, you, I can just look back at what I originally was trying to do. And go, well, I did achieve that, or I didn't, but it's still great and it's better for it. And we yeah. found something else that I wasn't expecting. But it's hard to sometimes pin down the moment in the middle bit, I think. Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. And when did Pino play on it? He played on it
4: probably three quarters of the way through making it. So it was already practically like, it, it just had a like a synth bass, I think, before that was just kind of driving on like half time of the drums and... and uh I think what happened was I was speaking to someone who said you should try and not do everything yourself, and you should try and uh, invest in people who are really, really great at their craft because they're if they've spent their whole life doing that one thing, then you probably you it, on paper they can do it, they can do it the best or whatever. It's like compared to you, you you're competent. I'm competent on bass, and there's a lot of album, a lot of this album I played the bass on, but it was not because those songs didn't necessarily in my head feel as if they deserved, like, the, you know, it wasn't all about the bass, I don't think, those other songs, but that one for me, and and Ben and him and I had a conversation where it was like, do we just, you know, after, soon after that other conversation about you should invest in, you know, other people who do their thing, not do everything yourself, I just said, why don't we get, Pino to play on this song and I think we joked about it before and was like imagine if he would ever do such a thing but you realize these people are around and they do actually play you know their instruments for people when you ask so you just had to ask and it was a very very special moment for me because I was just a big fan of him and all his work and having him do it so
3: quickly and I'm sure yeah yeah, I know you've worked with him yeah it's fantastic did you um play him the original bass part or did you just play him the track with nothing? I played, do you know what happened? I played him the, we sent him the song
4: and it had the sign bass in. And he actually called me to find out how I wanted to do it in terms of keeping the sign bass in or not, because he was like, I quite like how it is in there. And I wonder if we can have the digital bass and the, and meet the live human bass working together. And I was like, I'd like to know, see if we can or can't. And he came in open-minded and we quickly realized that it was better with just him than the since. But he, was, he called me to say, what should, what should we do with that? Because I'm yeah. interested to know that. I said in the email, it's like, oh, there's already a bass part there. But obviously, it's yeah. a case of either switching it out or seeing how it goes. But he actually picked up on that.
3: And we had the conversation, and it worked out Great. for the best. What would you say, um, what would you consider your influences? Throughout everything? Or yeah, you, in yeah. general. I don't think we ever talked about this before. Um, maybe
4: not. I feel like, as a child, I was very open to kind of a lot of different types of music, and I was inspired a lot by bands. and I played the drums, so I was listening to Weezer and Blink One Eight Two and Green Day. and To to put to put like a corner of those type that type of music at a young age, I really loved, and then there was this thing, now that's what I call music, CDs, where they would have just like a compilation of pop music and it's like, but they would they would have like Homecoming by Kanye on there or they'd have like, like Atomic Kitten or like, there was like there was like real like pop or just like Girls Aloud. It was, just, it was just like every sort of side of pop music that was still working on the radio could go on this compilation CD. And I think I was just exposed to a lot of different stuff and you, I soon realized, like I didn't really realize until maybe a couple years ago, but you, you certain like certain things you're drawn to, and know always like certain things, certain places resonate with you or don't. And it's very easy. It's hard to like fake enthusiasm actually if you if you're if you're somewhere or you hear something that you're not actually into. So there's certain things for me. I think I just always was always drawn to things, not necessarily who they were by. I would never be like oh, I love that artist. Everything by them is great. It's like I find that hard even today to say I love everything from one person. There's really a small handful of people who've ever done that for me. Mm but I found people like Kanye and people like Stevie Wonder at a young age and his discography was one of the first things I've really found like there were so many different styles but just using a lot of the same chords but so many different chords in different keys and just realized I thought I kind of just realized what a genius was Um, but then at the same time at school people would show me Eminem and Jay-Z and have like show me a, a mp3 player in the flesh and someone had i had an mp3 player with one eminem song and one jay-z song and i think it was i think it was fack by eminem unfortunately well not, not unfortunately it was amazing really but like that was like one of the first rap songs i ever heard and then um i believe it was what uh what more can i say or something from the black album by jay i think which was but at that time i was just kind of like didn't know what that even was and that was just my first introduction so i kind of i feel as if i was just gravitated towards what was put in front of me but then there was so much put in front of me i didn't have to get into all these other like bands from pop bands from the uk and stuff certain things i was into certain songs but there was a lot of chords i think a lot of theory and certain vocal melodies and stuff actually that i wasn't like always driven to melody sometimes there would just be the chords and there would be a vocalist doing something that actually didn't really resonate with me but I could just point out certain bits that I loved about it mainly music actually Uh, honestly like I I haven't really had a lot of I'd be lying if I said I'm really influenced by films and stuff because I'm not but I I do you know I enjoy watching films like a lot of people but I think most of what truly truly resonates with me is either just like people saying words that make me want to go and do something or real like sound and sonics and, and chords and music from any type of person any type of band just I've just a lot of influences really that could go on a long list but I think when I really put it down to just what resonates with me I think that's that's
3: all and I've just I love music as well so it probably helps you know when did you start experimenting with chords move from drums to to keys I
4: I mean I actually probably experimented with the keys before the good idea I probably experimented with keys before drums and was playing like Coldplay songs on the piano at a young age, like whilst learning drums. But there was there was a point when I was at school. I went to a place called the Brit School, and when I arrived there on my first day, I met a guy called Jim who played the drums, and I came as a drummer as well. And and in the year there was sort of like four or five people that played drums, and they had everyone perform a a set, a, like a not a set, sorry, like a a solo performance on the first day so we could all kind of like show the year what we did and i remember watching jim play drums and i was i just thought i don't think i'm a a drummer i think he is a drummer i think i'm someone that is competent on drums and Mm -hmm. and i'm I love drums, but I also have spent, I've spent time doing a bit of keys. I've spent time doing a bit of this and like singing and stuff. And Jim, or I'm assuming having not, not knowing him at the time, I was like, I, I guess this guy's just spent his whole life doing drums because he look he sounds like someone who's put so much into the drums, which I've, I can't catch up on that. And there's so many people out there, you know, it's very instant. Like, well, that's probably not my calling. Yeah. I think that's his calling or well, someone else of that sort. And what happened was I probably that, sparked me to think that i could just do something else and people were putting me onto other solo artists that i was unaware of and like singers who played the guitar and i never really was interested in the guitar as much it was more the piano and so i kind of was like well if i can translate the chords from the piano over to the guitar i don't have to be much of a guitarist i can just be someone playing music through a, a using a guitar so i can't play really a guitar solo competently but i could still to this day i'm still just more of just a a chord guy if you want i just kind of translated it over to that but it was at school mid- middle of school and i realized i di- couldn't be a drummer didn't want to be a drummer would rather be something else and also had a lot on my mind that i wanted to talk about and they came at the right times together and i was like what else can i do let's just you know found a way spent the summer in someone's house just recording in very amateur in a good way and, and very diy and just yeah, it just all came. It was like right place, right time. I was lucky it was quite early on in my life, to be honest. And so cool. It was, um, yeah. How old were you when the first thing you put, you released your first piece of music? I think I had just turned 17. Wow. I think, I'd maybe, or just a few months after being 17 yeah. on SoundCloud. Yes. Mm-hmm. SoundCloud's been good to you. It really has. <laughs> <laughs> it really has. And okay. I did the first album there as well, and then... You watch, you like go on SoundCloud every day and watch it go up, and you're like, wow. And it's not on actual streaming services yet. They really, it was me, you know, you, the artist does it, whatever. You, you, it, the music speaks for itself, but they, the platform is,
3: was really genuinely yes. useful
4: for, for that I time. I wonder
3: if, the, if timing had anything to do with it as well, because I, I feel like when I heard about you, I was listening to a lot of music on SoundCloud. Yeah. And I feel like lately I haven't been listening to as much on SoundCloud. You as well? I haven't. I definitely haven't. It's interesting. It's like, I wonder how that works. <laughs> it's just
4: fascinating. What are you listening to music on at the moment?
3: Um, I've been listening mostly to like uh, classical music and jazz from all different places. Mm-hmm. Um, but not, not so much. Usually the only, the only new music that I listen to is when a friend tells me to listen to something. Sure. And for some reason, I went from a phase of not listening to much hip-hop to listening to much more hip-hop, much more new hip-hop, which I'm really enjoying. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Great. Feels like a... It's an interesting moment in hip-hop because I'm hearing... I'm hearing... Usually the thing that most excites me about music is when it sounds like something I haven't heard before and is really surprising. Mm -hmm. Yet, I'm hearing some hip-hop now that is not so surprising. In some ways, it's ordinary. Yet it's a very, very, very good version of ordinary, yeah. and I like it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> so that's that's a little bit of a new experience right now for me. Great. Yeah, yeah. I do love some new rappers
4: actually, and love some new rap. And there's definitely that element of it's not necessarily surprising. What new in hip hop have you been listening to that you like? Um, I like the baby. I feel, I don't know if you've heard Mm -hmm. the baby. You should listen to him. uh, He's a D.A. baby. Yeah. And he's from North Carolina. He's uh, from Charlotte. And he's just got a very, he's got a specific flow. that Actually, talking about it, it's like you don't, I haven't actually really heard much exactly like him. I just mean, I enjoy, he's, he's very clever lyrically and his beats are very simple and effective. And I think a lot of this new rap, actually, some of it's, very simple and not effective but a lot of it some of it when you get it right and all subjective again like some things resonate with me some things don't but some of these rap songs feel very effective in their simplicity and you don't i like not hearing ad-libs before when you first hear it and then later on listening and being like that's where the energies come from of them shouting behind their other vocal but i didn't even realize the first few times no that's a simple thing but that's just an observation yeah um it's hard to list names. There's, there is also so many names in the
3: conversation, I think. Absolutely. And now more than no, ever. No, it's endless. It's endless, and it feels like the the turnover or the excitement about music, it moves much faster. Mm-hmm. Like, when I hear something, even something that I really love, I listen to it, and then there's something new that replaces that slot sooner than later, yeah. which didn't used to be the case. used to... I used to really live with things that I liked for a long time. Of course. So it's happening, feels like it's happening less. Not sure why. No. I I
4: wonder if it's just because of the amount of things that are out, and I wonder if that means that that gives people a reason to be less impressed, and maybe just it's landfill amounts of music to the point where it's like, well, okay... Once you once you're done with something, once as long, if it doesn't really, if you don't love, it, if you don't again like if it doesn't really really re- resonate with you, then you're, it's quite easy to feel like you can just move on to the next thing and hope that there's something else because there probably will be because there's mm-hmm. so much music out. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking from the perspective of maybe a listener that I can't necessarily relate with. I don't know what, what I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. This is an assumption, but I think it's just quite a lot of music out there. It's true. Let's hear the next song. Let's
2: hear it. When we come back, we'll have more of Rick's conversation with Rex Orange County, and we'll hear his new song, Stressed Out.
0: As listeners to this show, you probably consider yourself pretty smart. But how smart is your wallet? When you're looking to upgrade your wallet, it's time to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds has the financial smarts to help you find the right financial products for you. Audible invites you to enter the Boar's Nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of Outlaw Country Music. Listen now at audible.com slash Boar's nest. We're back with Rex Orange
2: County's song, Stressed Out.
3: How'd that one come about?
4: That one was actually one of the two songs on there that I wrote in... uh, A small house by myself in a place called Devon, which is in the countryside of England, about four, four and a half hours probably from here, I would imagine. And I decided to go and be by myself for a week and try and write things because I'd I'd spent a lot of time with, like I've mentioned earlier, with instrumentals and ideas that were either waiting for vocals or just um, had some vocals and were waiting for the rest of them. And I was feeling like sticking with staying in the room, listening to them over and over again or in the presence of someone else. I just felt as if it was just maybe going to be a good thing for me to remove myself from all of it, be in the same country, but just take some time out and take some uh, space. But it was very difficult, actually. And I actually wrote that on the last day, on the Sunday. I I did seven days and I wrote it on the final day and recorded a a demo that some of the vocals and the keys in fact recorded off my phone still on the same things on there and it's kind of like it was a a moment of confusion and frustration and feeling as if people you know there are people in the world that do take advantage of you and there's a lot of themes of that across here the, all of the songs but it was very, it's kind of like the epitome of me being um, frustrated and stressed out it's called stressed out but it, it happened it came from a really annoying period of time where I didn't write anything in that week and that's all I wanted to do and then write on the last day I, of course sort of finished
3: <laughs> the one thing that I really then loved and, and allowed to go I wonder with. if the, it's as short as it is because you wanted to get out of Devon
4: yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the case
3: yeah. it probably is I, it feels it's almost like a personification of my trip yeah. because it was It was a but it's beautiful because again, it captures a feeling and a moment Mm -hmm. and it feels different than the rest. So it was a successful, even though you had to have this uh lonely week, yeah, you got something beautiful from it. Exactly, that's that's
4: like exactly how i feel it's definitely got something out it's definitely worth doing yeah yeah, yeah. where would you say you recorded the majority of the album there's a strong room there was a studio in london called strong room sorry and it's mm-hmm. uh in east london and it was in a small room that belongs to the producer ben and we did a lot of it in there and then mixed a lot of it in a slightly bigger room there and that pretty much all i went there pretty much every day for a lot of days just to track things and try things and a lot of playing and think like a lot of you know just ideas and stuff that, that didn't make it but was that that again like just the the idea of going there as, as for as much time as i needed to to get all the options to be aware of what we didn't need to do and what i didn't want to use but mainly in that mainly in that small room and then that that devon for this song and one other song
3: i'll show you as well how many how many songs would you say you started that didn't make it like how many just so i get a sense of the scale of the project sure. to end up with 10 it was actually not a lot more there wasn't a lot left over
4: there was mm-hmm. probably 3 or 4 that were considered heavily considered in fact there was there was probably 5 and the and the, the first 3 or something happened at the beginning of the album where i thought they were going to make it and they just didn't end up making it but they were really worthwhile having there it was only probably five songs. There was there was a couple of things towards the mid. There was in the middle where a lot wasn't finished, and there, there were other songs that weren't finished and haven't been finished since. And I'm okay with that because I sort of just got to a point where it was like, what am I really trying to say? There was maybe fifteen, maybe fourteen, fifteen songs, and I was toying between ten and twelve. And I just realised my attention span is definitely not long enough these days to really give up, like put up with more than ten to twelve songs. I think realistically. Agreed.
3: I'm I'm a fan of short short these days. Me just too. feels right. It does. feels right.
4: It does, and I think other people. I can't speak for other people, but I think other feels people right. are the same. People say it was too long, or like I absolutely, you know, because it was, yeah. or whoever's album or whatever. It's like yeah. it's, I feel like you know, over twenty songs is just how ha- I can't imagine loving all all twenty of yeah. them. I'd rather hear two eight song albums, than yeah. than one sixteen song yeah. album,
3: <laughs> even if it's the same songs. Absolutely,
4: yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, actually, I I agree but if that answers your question yeah yeah
3: i think so and but uh, so you said you got to 15 contenders mm. but were there many other songs started like in the experimental phase were there many starts that just never went anywhere there were a lot of small yeah there were a lot of very small starts that never went
4: anywhere so like really just voice notes of ideas or mm-hmm. there was like a lot of voice notes where it's like I just knew straight away that um, I'd be improvising and playing the keys or the guitar and then a lot of those just never went anywhere and that's how I was always just they weren't particularly like valuable and I would know quickly if they were valuable so Mm -hmm. like it would be this one is like oh this is going to be the blueprint for this song and it ended up being whatever melody I was coming up with off the top of my head ended up being the melody for the whole song and you just stick I just ended up just sticking with things and I'd say, yeah, there was a few. There's probably, again, like maybe 10 or 20 other, like random things that, or just logic files you open up, make a couple of things. But I hate, I really don't like that feeling of pursuing something that I know maybe isn't worth it, or it's not the time. There's something about it where it just feels wrong, and I feel like I'm forcing something. And so I do usually cut it off pretty quickly and try and only pursue the things that feel this is going to be a great song, and I'm going to love it. And
3: that's, you know. Great. Cool. Let's hear the next one. So this last one is
4: the last one.
3: Yeah. It's really uh, ending on It's Not the Same Anymore. It's Better. It's really hopeful ending. It's really nice. That was definitely intentional. Yeah. It's funny. It's not the same. When you hear It's Not the Same Anymore, immediately we go to missing the past and it being a negative and it's worse now, yeah always mm-hmm. but it's not the same anymore it's better is really feels like a new message i yeah. love it yeah that yeah that was that was actually had
4: to happen really i would hate to have ended it on a really <laughs> negative note like that yeah. or just um there's a few songs where that actually happens it starts where i'm sounding as if i'm pretty upset about things or just sound as if i'm not happy and then and ending up you know you get the journeys literally just the story is just it was i'm like coming out of a bad Time or you find it. the resolution through the song. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's the therapy itself is the is the writing of it, and you get to the end of the song, and it's like, and that sort of cured my for the moment. For now, I got yes. to, I got this song out of it yes. from just
3: talking about it. Beautiful. But where yeah. did this one come in the writing in the overall scale of the project? Where did this one show up? Um, this was
4: actually fairly early on, and was written on guitar with, which was as in and 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 just. Actually, the guitar part was written without really any of the the lyrics. Again, like, again, was just. Uh, was it written as an arpeggiated part? like Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or th- it was definitely just and and only acoustic as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that whole middle section where there's it's a whole bridge of way different chords that somehow resolves back to the original. That took that was kind of the main challenge for me was just writing uh something lyrically that could work over that whole section there. so
3: the bridge was there from the beginning
4: it was always the bridge is really the spectacular it's one of my favorite parts thank you that was definitely yeah no it was it was absolutely meant to be there from the beginning but didn't have the context over it yet i just knew i wanted to take it all the way from like really solid safe basic pop chords to all the way over there you know seven like six nine chords and like uh and just do, do something that I hadn't quite done. And found a couple of other shapes that I'd not used on any of the songs. And I yeah. wanted to use wanted to use that as an opportunity. It was based totally based on the guitar. And then at one point, I uh, realized, I knew the whole time it could be the last song. And there was a moment where that the sax player, same guy on all the songs, came in and did his parts on this that felt like they really tied the song together and made it definitely had to be the last song. Yes. And his melody, that melody at the end is, is him as well as came from his head. So it's kind of like, feels like the ultimate sort of concluding, reflective feeling. It's actually really kind of somber, but very positive. And had to just write a, the chorus actually came pretty quickly. All the lyrics actually for this one came quite quickly. It was very easy for me to talk really honestly and be really brutal and be, it didn't
3: take so long. It was a, How much of the track was together before the words came? Hmm. Was it more just over the guitar? or Was it over the track?
4: I think it was more just it was more just over the guitar, and then we, we over time added a lot of the drums mm-hmm. and brass and flutes and the strings, obviously as well, which were probably the last thing on it. And then we just you know turned right down to just be there to add rather than be like another feature because there's so much going on. But yeah, it was actually
3: it was guitar based for a long time, and then the, all the other elements came over time. Beautiful. What what percentage of the songs would you say came on guitar versus piano? I think there's more on piano. It was I'd say percentage wise
4: is about sixty forty or maybe slightly more piano, but only only you know only a little bit more, only a bit more really, and some things were then translated to keys or vice versa. But um, it usually stays. They usually stay from where they began, they usually stay in that place Mm because I feel like the chords, the way you touch either instrument are not the same at all. You can get a similar thing out of both, but in no way are they the same instrument. So it's like
3: they're two separate things, and and I think that's the best thing about both of them, that they're not like each other. Cool, man. I'm so happy you shared this with us, and I'm so happy you made this. Thank you. I'm so happy that you allowed (laughs) me to come over here and play it for you because I really am
2: glad that I could. Many thanks to Rex Orange County for spending time with us at Broken Record. His new album, Pony, is out now wherever you get your music. And head to rexorangecounty.com for tour dates. You can check out more of Rex OC's music by visiting brokenrecordpodcast.com and subscribing to our playlist for this episode. Broken Record is produced with help from Jason Gambrell and Milo Bell. Our theme music is by Kenny Beats. Stay tuned for next week's episode with Brandy Carlisle and Tanya Tucker. I'm Justin Richmond.